Okay, guys, we're going to go to round two on this one. Fallon and Crystal with Toxic Coffee. Just to let you guys know ahead of time, we did get cut off on the last one. I'm going to be doing some more research on a better podcast because for whatever reason, the connection always seems to get lost and we were almost finished. So, Crystal, I do apologize. Everybody, I do apologize. The app has definitely not been a good, friendly app, and we're going to do some more research. Um, like I was saying when I was cut off is if, if I, if my counselor back then would not have said we will have to get CPS involved, I probably would have been stuck in that environment for a little bit longer until I actually had the nerve and the courage to do so. Um, I didn't leave my house. I waited until he left. I know we went over this like on the second podcast we ever did where I changed the locks and tried to kick him out with all of his stuff on my, on the porch and with the restraining order. Um, I, I'm glad I went to counseling. I'm glad I went to the AA meetings and the re, re whatever it was, not rehabilitation meetings, but the um, addictions and addictive people, some kind of counseling session there in Houston Mm -hmm. uh, see the signs and symptoms that I needed to see for addicts. Yeah. Um, but if you feel for whatever reason that you need help, go to counseling. I swear by yeah. that. Go to counseling. Find somebody safe to talk to. If you, especially if you don't have your mom and your dad or your brother, or your sister, or your aunt, your uncle, whatever. Go. Yeah, because a lot of people feel like. Well, I can't tell my family. I can't tell my friends, you know, because I can't tell them that I'm in this situation, but you can, mm -hmm. you can talk to a therapist and that's, that's like the number one thing you, that's the second thing you should do. You first thing you should do is find a safe place. The second thing you should do is find a therapist. Yep. Because everybody needs recovery. somebody to talk to. Yeah. And it's recovery. Like they, they call people from that have been in abusive relationships, um, survivors. So, yep. you know, like if you're a survivor of war, you're going to need therapy. It's the same thing. And, and, and I really believe in that. Like, if you don't know, um, how to find a therapist, reach out to one of us. We'll help you find someone in your area. Yeah. Um, Free Medicaid yeah. charging, whatever you need. There's an app actually. Um, it's called Dr. Something. I'll put it on the page. But if you have insurance, all the visits are free. There's therapists, there's actual MDs. You can you can like read all about the therapists and doctors on there and you do everything over Zoom or over tele whatever it is. But it's over the phone or over your computer. So if you're if you're like a little bit strange about seeing people during COVID. With still a, um, a telepathic or telepathic, <laughs> do, a, uh, do over the phone therapy, you know. But um, yeah, yeah, that's that's one of the number one things you need to have on your radar radar when you leave an abusive relationship. Yeah, because even that person that your friend or whatever, the advice that your counselor is going to give you is going to be more theoretical. Then your best mm -hmm. friend's like, let's just kill him, put him in your back of their truck, and let's drive him to a cliff. Like, right. yes, we all joke about it. Sometimes it's not funny because people do go missing. But I will say this, like, 
if for whatever reason this is the end point of your relationship where you're like, I'm good and I'm ready to leave. I have my money. I have what I need and I'm ready to escape this. Don't question it. Yeah. Because the best thing you're ever going to give yourself is a better life. And another thing that I know I, I did to myself, and I'm, pr- I'm sure you probably did this, you always question yourself, like, well, did I try my hardest? Did I do everything oh. I could? Yeah. Yes. answer is always yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did the same thing. Because even with this one, it was like, the person that I met 10 years ago is not the person I have today. And I'm sure yeah. I'm not. And I'm sure I wasn't, and I know for a fact for the last two years, I was not the person that he met because I was in flight, I was in fight mode. Right. And I was miserable and it wasn't loved. I genuinely loved him. Yeah. And I would have done anything for him, but I never got that in return. And you cannot throw expect them to be happy I would rather living in a tent and have the husband back and my family back than live that way that I did last year yeah and I and I told him that many many times and now I'm over here like you know what no I'm good guess what I don't need to be homeless living in a tent to be happy I am fucking happy. I am genuinely happy. And I smile more and I laugh more and I laugh harder. And I love harder. And I am, I'm good. I'm totally okay. I'm okay. And thank God I have somebody that I am talking to that I can joke around with and I can be crazy and I can be stupid. Yes, it's Crystal. But I also, I also also really have a good guy that I am talking to. I get to be silly and he, and he grounds me Yeah. when I'm angry, when I'm mad, when I'm sad, he's there. He understands. He's like, I don't know how all this works, but I can see why you are frustrated and genuinely cares. And it's like, Through all of my stupid shit that I complain about and my ups and downs and all my stuff, because I really feel like he's this, this man who I'm divorced of is genuinely making me feel like I'm losing my fucking marbles. Yeah. And it's a simple fix and he refuses to just, just fix it. Not us. This the problem that we're having the, the business problem. Right. He cannot do it. He enjoys the fucking torture and it pisses me off. But anyway, guys, we will be back. We will try this again tomorrow for a different feel and whatever. But please know we are going to be looking for a form. And Crystal, did you have. I enjoyed enjoyed our uh, discussion tonight. Yes, I did too. And who knows? Crystal and I may be in the same state at one point. We Just, may be. There's going to be pictures FaceTiming on Facebook at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Crystal, I know that you have a 
wonderful cinnamon roll setting in front of you. <laughs> Is that your dinner? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do not judge me. <laughs> I no judging, none, none whatsoever. I've been where you are, so uh, enjoy it. Yes, I am, and I will. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I appreciate you guys sticking with us. And I know that the past couple of days have been a little sketchy and scratchy and muffled and cut off. But we do promise we are going to make things better and uh, uh, make it to where this is not going to happen to where we have to do two episodes in, or two recordings in one day. Yeah. Yeah. So, and go engage in her or whatever it's called in her Danish she's got there and <laughs> it's awfully big <laughs> and I'm going to go and chat with my daughter and have a good night so have well, a good thanks, night thanks everyone and thanks Fallon yes thank you have a good night babe all right you too bye bye guys hey Crystal hey how are you I'm good how are you I'm doing okay I'm excited about today's topic. I am too. I am too. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the discard phase today. It's the third phase in the cycle. And then um, tomorrow's will be hoovering. But discard is very tricky. Um, and it's kind of intense. It can be the worst, the worst phase of the abuse cycle. So tell me what you know about, about this. <laughs> okay i'm sorry apparently my brain cannot multitask today what did what was that last part of that that you said i said tell me what you know what you know about the discard phase oh the discard phase um so as we're i was reading and we were reading earlier um so the discard phase is kind of something that plays parts throughout i guess the it's like right after the honeymoon stage and everything you know just starts falling off the edge and you're just kind of slowly slipping down this hill of WTF is going on here. Um, mm -hmm. It's played out pretty, pretty randomly as more of a dis degrading you as much as they can possibly put you down. Like everything that they've done from the beginning of the love, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, to everything in between that is now they have nothing left to hurt you with because everything else you're just kind of numb to. So it's like, well, let me find something that's really hurtful to you. So instead of finding things that you are already insecure about, now it's everything in between those. No one's ever going to love you. I'm the best you'll ever have. And, oh, you're going to go find somebody else, but your kids are baggage and you have stretch marks. Good luck. No one's right. going to love way I loved you no one's gonna want you the way I want to do you wouldn't have all of this without me they also like to play the victim during that like I can't believe you would do this to me I can't believe you would do that to me I thought you loved me um and try to make you feel bad so that they can move on to hoovering which we'll talk about tomorrow but um yeah discard comes out when they realize that they've been exposed so when they when it clicks to them that you know what they're doing that that you're not falling for the bullshit anymore this is when the discard happens they 
Um, well, this part of it, they'll do throughout the entire relationship, but they like to destroy like big holidays, events, um, stuff like that. So like for, for me, my narcissist was, would, we had weddings or birthday parties or my birthday or Christmas or any type of holiday that was a big deal. He would, um, make sure that it was just a disaster, you know, and then, and then blame it on me. Like, I can't believe you weren't ready to leave or whatever it was. This is why we're late because of you, because he was building up to, to discard me. And then at the end of that, it was, a big blowout lie. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to post, post this all over Facebook, how horrible you are. I can't believe you. me. I can't believe you stole from me. And just, uh, just a huge lie so that it scares you into mm-hmm. giving in basically. Oh yeah. Mine was, I'm going to let everybody know you cheated. I'm like, Oh, that's, that's funny because everybody already knows you cheated. Right last marriage that I had but it was the first one that I had with the kids' dad it was like oh well I'm gonna let everybody know that you right and and they speaking of that they they have what we call flying monkeys which could be mutual friends or their family who you're close to or even your friends who have gotten to know this person um, mm-hmm. his flying monkeys. So they'll smear your name. They'll do a smear campaign on you to other people so that it's yep. easier for you to want to stay by default so that they yep. can discard you. I mean, it, it's really like a mind fuck, but like, and it, none of it makes yeah. sense, but they will mm-hmm. use the flying monkeys to um, make themselves look like the victim so that they can let you, you know, make you go away, I guess. And then they will always have someone else lined up first this is part of um what we call it so a narcissist or an, uh, any abuser i guess will have different people for different types of supply so you're their main type of their you're their main supply they get love from you they get um the mother role from you all of that. And then they might have someone else that's there to supply their ego. And then they might have someone else there that's to supply, you know, like financial help or whatever it is. So the harem closet is just full of people that they keep on the to supply them. And they will pick one of those people who is basically their quote unquote backup before they discard you so that that you can be replaced and they don't have to go any amount of time without having supply you know what i mean wow that's actually i didn't know that but yeah yeah um we should talk about the hair closet at some point in another um episode because that's that can get intense i found out about um my ex's harem closet like two this year or last year so it was two years after we had been split up but it's like dang that really makes sense because he talked to this person all the time and Mm -hmm. he would talk to Mm -hmm. this person all the time and they're the the specific people that they're getting specific needs and supply from you know yep yep and that's it's crazy because I didn't even you know I didn't think of my last one to be a cheater Mm -hmm. at all but I I definitely saw where he had 
time to do it and the means to do it. And then, you know, it's, it's so funny that you have somebody who doesn't think that you really pay attention to them or to their actions or to whatever. Right. But you can literally take somebody who is as faithful as can be, have them leave for two weeks, come back. And they're the same person that they were two weeks ago that they are today. Somebody who's cheating will leave for two weeks, go across seas or go to a different state or whatever to work or whatever. And they come back and they literally just can't keep their hands off of you for like five seconds. And they just watch you. And it's in like, you're just going, wow. Okay. Yay. Right. But then when you're done with all of that, you're like, where'd that come from? Where, yeah. where did all of that love making, building, whole, whatever the hell you want to call that, where'd that come from? And why? Because two weeks ago, you didn't care. Three days ago when I called you and we talked, you didn't care. Now all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, why? why? Right. Yeah. And every time that person leaves and they come back from a trip or whatever like that, it they do that. But they can go out to a different state, like they can go to Vegas with their friends. They can go to Florida with their friends. They can go wherever. They don't come home to you like that. Right. But it's just those certain places that they go that they know people. And you're like, but why? So... You know, I mean, and having somebody on the other end that you can confide in and talk to and you're laughing and giggling and you're doing all this stuff and they're feeding you full of shit and full of, Mm -hmm. you know, ammunition to use against that person. And, you know, I don't know. I don't even know how to say it because the person that he was talking to is not somebody that I would say he's necessarily with or whatever, Mm -hmm. or I would hope not. Maybe, I don't know, but it's a lawyer, friend of his. And they were continually giggling and hoo-hawing and laughing and texting and emailing and laughing and calling each other and blah, 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 all the time. And this person, my ex, really enjoyed this person's thought process, what he lo- what they liked, what he or she wanted, whatever. And it was like, who are you talking to? Oh, so-and-so. And I'm like, you don't even laugh at me like that. What, who, who are you? Right. You know, and I would call them out. I'd be like, why are you doing this? Why are you even, what is wrong? What, why? So that is something that, you know, in a later date we can discuss because there's so many other things that I have, even with the kids as dad and, you know, people around me that I've talked to that I've like, oh yeah, I've had that. I've had that before. So but this one, this one's definitely difficult because it is something, like I said, you do see throughout the entire relationship. Yeah. And, well, this and that's why is, it's part of the cycle. Because yeah. what, one of the signs that you're dealing with a narcissistic abuser or just an abuser in general is mm-hmm. constantly being on discard alert because basically you feel like you're always one wrong move away from being rejected or abandoned or whatever, but that's what keeps the cycle, you know? So yeah, they, like, it's like they get this trigger that you're onto them and you know what they're doing and they're exposed. So they start doing these big grandiose, grandiose moves um, 
of discard and a lot of people think discard is like breaking up which it can be that's a form of it but then that just puts you right back into the cycle because you already feel like you're one wrong move away and so you're you're walking on eggshells to try to keep the relationship together you know so then they'll discard you and then you apologize or you know you do whatever you can to keep it together because you don't want everyone to know or think that you're the abuser and so it's right or it's part of the cycle and the final if if you do discard or if you get discarded for a final time which normally the victim is going to have to be the one to end it completely because the narcissist will not um they won't allow themselves to be discarded you know and because they know that it, like let's say you and i are in a relationship fallon they know that like if i discard you and you being the narcissist <laughs> then you're gonna be like uh, i can tell you i'd be a good one she, yeah if she, ended up, <laughs> if she ends it with me then then everyone's gonna know me and i'm gonna be outed so i have to be the one to end it with her you know what i mean that's that's the way they think like they've got to be the one to do it because they don't want to be outed to everybody else it's a fucked up thing it's like it's like they want to make you think that they're leaving you and that you're crazy but at the same time they also want you to think that this is your only option and you have to stay right right yeah no and i think you know it, this one's a really sad one for me. The whole degrading. Like, I can yeah. call it discarding. I call it the biggest degrading amount. Like, I just, I don't even know. This one, this one just hurts because it is to your lowest point as though you can't be broken down any more than what you are. Right. You know, them, the person that you're supposed to be giving all your love and attention to, you cook breakfast for, you make dinner for, you make their sandwiches, you do whatever because you don't want to piss them off, hurt their feelings or whatever. So now you're walking on complete eggshells. Right. And you're feeling like at any given time they could up and leave you. And the only thing that's left is just you because you, you're not worth anything anymore. Right. Everything inside of you says that you're not of value. Yeah. You know, so... I, it's, this one really, really gets me. And it's something that makes me kind of angry when I talk about it. Cause I'm like, I've been told this so many times that I'm never, I'm not good enough. I'm never going to amount to shit. Yeah. You've wasted your life away. You've wasted your time. Now you're too old. You know, and it's, I, whenever I met my ex, I really didn't feel like I was of value to him because I couldn't have kids. I couldn't have any more. Right. And I knew that one thing that he wanted was to have more. And I'm like, oh, I fixed that problem a long time ago to be with somebody who didn't want me. Either one, they had their own or they didn't want any. And then last year when they turned 40, they're like, oh, I'm never going to have kids. I'm never going to do anything I amount to any." You know, and it's, I think that one's, this one's like the hardest thing because you hear it repetitively. Right. So I have something I want to read to you that, uh, that basically 
solidifies what you just said, but it, it says a narcissist will continually provoke with abusive names, cut downs, threats, and accusations until you can't take any more. Push to the limits, oh, you yeah. respond back in anger, which is also called reactive abuse. Not revealing what led to that point, he plays the victim, showing his friends and family and says, see what I have to deal with. So, oh, yeah. Like video yeah. you because you've done gone to your crazy point after months and months and months of being told you're crazy. Yeah. You're crazy. Why are you acting so crazy? Why are you being so mean? Why are you being so hateful? Right. Well, I wasn't this way when we met. So clearly there's a reason why now all of a sudden I have a problem. Yeah. And that's and that is gaslighting, telling you that you're crazy because you're thinking a certain way. Why would mm-hmm. you think that way? Look at you. You're the one who's abusing, not me. And and it's like, dang, we talked about the other day. It's like, dang, am I the crazy one? But this is all part of the discard because they they want to be able to show their friends and family and say, look, look what I'm dealing with. Right after they called you all kinds of names and and said all kinds of degrading shit to you, but not telling their friends and family about that part, just telling them how you reacted. Right. Right. So to mm-hmm. your to your, to your supposedly mutual friends that you're supposed to have together, they look at you like you're the crazy one. Right. And they're like, oh, I feel so sorry for him. Oh, I bet you do. I hope you do. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a confusing one um, to be in because at this point in your relationship, if when you get to this card phase, um, you know that you want to leave, and you know, but it it almost is made to feel like you have unfinished business because you want to clean up your name. You know, like I need to prove to him that this isn't what who I really am, or. I need to prove to everybody else around us that that's not the way I am. So instead of leaving, because that's what the healthy thing to do is, you say because you you want to clean up your name that is is falsely confused anyway. You know. Are you still on? I'm here. Oh, okay. Can you hear me? I, it, yeah, I can hear okay. you now. I was like, oh, God, I can hear you. Hopefully you didn't attach to my car. But I was like, I can hear uh, you. That's probably why. Okay. But anyway, yeah, it's it's confusing because you you know you're, you need to leave and you know that's what the right thing and the healthy thing for yourself would be to do. But at the same time, you feel like if I don't stay and, and clear my name with people with, around me, then, then I'm going to... You know, I'm not going to be successful in my life because all these people are going to think certain things about me, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's just it. You know, I've told for years to be quiet. Don't post anything on Facebook, which is, I get it. It's not a place for drama and family or whatever's going on. And, but here's my thing. When you have customers who are friends of yours, customers that you had prior to even doing anything with what we're doing right now it's hard for me to stay quiet and not say hey I'm opening my own business again I'm not I am retiring from massage I am retiring from the spa life because it's taking too much time and effort to find employees that don't want to work 
So I'm going to solely yeah. rely on a tea shop that I have employees and it's doing great and I'm selling my Kratom online and I'm still making my skincare products and doing all the stuff that after two years was told it was a hobby and you should quit. Well, I'm yeah. sorry, but my hobby fed and took care of my kids for years before you fucking came along. Right. That hobby was a certification and license that I had to obtain in order to provide for my family. Your right. tea is a hobby. But that's the thing, Fallon. They know that. Like, they just don't want you to be more successful or um, do better or whatever it is. They don't want you to yep. be better than them. And they already know no. that you are. And so they have yep. to use the one thing that you know it's like your button. You know what I mean? This is Fallon's yep. button, and I I know she's worked her ass off with this, and I know she's good at it, probably the best around. But I'm going to use that one thing that's sensitive to her and make her feel like like it's not important, like that, you know, she'll never get anywhere without me. She needs me to do this, you know? Yep. <clears throat> so here's another thing I'll read to you. You just said it, and I thought it was weird that um, I read it this morning. But top things a narcissist will say about you when they discard you. You're crazy, abusive, toxic, drama, unhappy, and doomed to a life alone forever. So you nailed it on the head when you said <laughs> when you said yeah. what you said, because these are all things that, that they'll say to try to make you feel like to basically discard you, but at the same time, keep you because they're breaking down your, your brain, you know, they're breaking down your thoughts, your emotions, so that you feel like you're only going to get whatever you, your needs are from them. And at the same time, they're calling you names and abusing you and making you feel crazy, but it, it's like a really fucked up cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've, I've praised you and I've, I've helped you and I've done this and I've done that. Yep. You know what? Thank you for all of that. But in the meantime, you've done all of this other shit. Words hurt so much worse than fucking stones, dude. Those sticks. Right. But what have you really done for me? Like, this is the thing about a narcissist. They're so grandiose. They think that they're God that like, they think they've done everything for you. Like my ex will tell anyone that he bought my house for me when he didn't even know I was right. buying a house. And, and my ex will tell you that I don't, I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for him, which I don't remember exactly. him actually working solely by. Yeah. Yeah. you guys hear him i'm going to apologize ahead of time <laughs> maintain himself probably one of my biggest most saddest parts of my life as a kid him walking around telling the kids, oh, you're never going to be anything but a burger flipper. And him saying, 
Oh, well, I was just, oh, wow. I was trying to encourage them to do better. I'm like, so why don't you encourage them in other ways to do better? <laughs> Instead of continually right. lay down. You know, coming from somebody who said, I want to be a counselor for children who don't have anybody and they need that extra person to give them that uplifting feeling and to help like give, give them hope to be better people. Mm -hmm. Where did that person go? That That person ended up giving the kids shrooms and, you know, pot and being like, oh, you're my smoking buddy. You can come out here on the patio and be my smoking buddy. We don't have anybody to smoke with. You know, I mean, that's, that's the kind of shit that I would have to deal with. So where did the guy go who wanted to go be that we're in need of somebody to talk to and to help them. That was never him to begin. So did that guy? But that's what I'm saying. Like, was that the guy that was the whole rug bombing, make myself look good, be, oh, almighty. Oh, my God. I bet you're just amazing. You're just this great person. And deep down, you're just the prisoner that was the piece of shit from the beginning. Right. Yes. Yep. I, I mean, because I'm glad that you're my knight in shining armor wrapped in fucking tinfoil. Could you take it off so I can see what really lies underneath? Right. But they, they won't. You have to, like, kind of have to do it for them, you know, in a, way, in a weird mm-hmm. way. But they're so calculated about it that, like, every, everything they do and everything they say is, has a purpose. It's calculated. They, they plan to discard you at a time that causes the most hurt and pain. So like for you, yep. it, it involved your business and your passion. So in turn, it leaves you feeling worthless, unloved, insignificant, but that's exactly what they want you to feel, you know, yep. that's yep. exactly what their whole plan was to begin with. Yep. I mean, back in 2019, when he screamed at everybody in that house over the balcony and was like get the fuck out of my house every single fucking one of you I could give you ever all of this and you would just make it go to shit what oh yeah oh yeah he kicked my mom he kicked my mom me my niece my nephew my net my niece's boyfriend like how embarrassing yeah and my kids. Oh. House, not our house. Oh. And he's like, why are you leaving? Oh, no, trust me. I do, because if not, right. Like, I always tell people, I'm not a violent person, but don't, don't push me. Don't fucking push me. Yeah. And then yeah. his wants to stand on the balcony and be like, don't, don't, don't talk to my boy like that. Bitch, he is 40 years old. And if that's, <laughs> you better get him under control, because you clearly fucked up somewhere. Yeah. Well, and it's sad, but it's true, because it starts in childhood. You know? Yeah. Yep. You know, his, he's like, you don't ever praise me on what I do. Oh, he said that in counseling, oh girl. God, I yes. lose my marbles. 
I said, you know oh, what? Yeah. I'm probably the only one in your life that has ever said, I am so fucking proud of you from going through your whole childhood being abused by your dad and shit on by your mom to prison to meeting you in North Dakota. You have turned your whole life around and I am so proud of you. Mm-hmm. I screamed at him in counseling and was bawling. I couldn't even breathe. I was like, you know what? You're not going to sit here and make me the bad guy. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not the enemy. That's what he used to tell me. I'm not the enemy. Oh God. But you're not, but you're not the helper either. Yeah. You're not my ally. No. My ex did that too. He would be like, you never, you, you never tell me that you're proud of me, which is a blatant lie because I would say it all the time I would say you know you look good today or like just say things try to build them up you know but it was never enough it would always be well I can't believe how 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 much work I did today and you didn't say anything about it or do you love me do you love me like always asking me things that I'm always telling him you know like it just I would grab my face and I'd be like I just said this to you I just told you you looked good and that I love you like an hour ago and then he'd come back and he'd be like but you think I'm ugly but you don't but you don't think I love or that I don't think you love me because you never say it and it's like do you not even do you not even hear but they do they know that you're saying it but it's not enough constantly fishing for like compliments or um anything to lift them up or make them feel 